Welcome to an Indie Isles podcast bonus episode. I'm James Rothwell. I'm Dan Acton. In this bonus episode, we're talking about Scare Me, the Shudder original on Shudder.com, starring Aya Cash of Boys Season 2 Stormfront fame, and Josh Rubin, who's also the writer and director. And of no other fame. Well, probably is. That's unfair. I'm sure there is something on IMDb. Yeah. So welcome. Halloween is upon us. So let's get in the spirit of things by telling you all about a comedy um, <laughs> with with horror tropes. It's relevant. It's relevant. Should we get into it, James? Yes, let's, let's go in and scare each other. Oh, Fred. You scared? I don't love thunder. Nothing scares you. Oh, no, I love being scared. idea okay what's your idea scare me what you scare me i'll scare you i can be scary cue convenient thunder and lightning wow get up and scare me motherfucker we're burning moonlight whatever it is it's close it's a werewolf Excuse me. Pizza! I'm, uh, pizza guy! Glad to see you guys aren't killing each other out here, because it would be the perfect night to do it, you know? First off, let's tell people, what's it all about? During a power outage, two strangers tell scary stories. The more Freddy and Fanny commit to their tales, the more the stories come to life in their Catskills cabin. The horrors of reality manifest when Fred confronts his ultimate fear. That is exactly what the film is about. And bit of background, as I mentioned in our Friday episode that we dropped only yesterday, because this is Saturday, but we're actually on Wednesday because of the magic of recording. Doesn't matter. We were going to treat you to the boys, but it's Halloween. Why would we do that? Why not give you a horror? So that is what we've tried to do. So James... I'm really interested because we've basically messed up our entire weeks with recording content that we have no intention of releasing just yet and have shoved this in last minute. What did you think of Scare Me? I'm not a big horror fan, not a big horror expert or historian, so I'm sure there's more subtle references to horror tropes that went by me. But even I, coming from that position of ignorance, I was still able to enjoy this. It can't be denied that the two leads put in really strong performances. I love Ayakash. Ayakash is just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Agreed. Very, very fine actress that prior to two months ago, I had no knowledge of whatsoever. Did not even know she existed. No. If you can't accept that it is what it is, that it's a single room film, then you're not going to enjoy it. But if you can enjoy what I would describe more as a theatrical experience, as in, it's like watching a play. There's definitely something there. If I was a true horror fan, again, I probably would have laughed at what is obviously references to horror films and maybe the horror films that they're describing when they're telling each other stories. Maybe they are actual films that exist. Maybe you can enlighten me on that one. But I was still enjoying it, still appreciating it. I did like that they used sound effects, more and more elaborate sound effects 
for the stories that were being told that did offer a nice extra level of entertainment to it, even though it was just in that one setting. Another thing that does develop well is the relationship between the two. It's not just them randomly telling each other stories. They do get closer to each other and that introduction of the third character reveals things that Ide is thinking about and I think that develops slowly as well and it's totally unspoken, almost totally unspoken, but that develops very nicely as well, I think. Yeah. What did you think of Scare Me? I make no bones, bones, skeletons, Halloween, subtlety is not my strong point. I make no bones about it. I heard about this from a rival podcast and they were quite favourable about it. And I looked it up and I thought, 5.7, you're chatting shit, mate. But I watched this with that in mind and what an unexpected surprise for me personally. I just felt so in the mood for this film. I felt that it captured the horror tone despite it being a comedy, better than all of the Blumhouse pictures combined that we've reviewed over the last few weeks. And I can't credit it enough for that. I will say you've either bought into this film in the first 15 minutes or it is not your thing. There is, as you said, there's many references to pop culture and specifically horror. And I think you might be doing yourself a disservice. I think if you've got a really superficial knowledge of the horror genre, there are jokes in here that you'll find that that work really well. Without that, I think some of the jokes obviously will not land. There's some very, very bang on impressions that are done in this film uh, around films like The Shining and the narrator from Tales from the Crypt Keeper, which just had me in absolute stitches. The performances are so committed and simultaneously quite subtle and nuanced But at the same time, there's some bits that are completely over the top at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, But overall, I thought it struck that balance quite well. You mentioned it before, the way in which they bring the stories to life using like audio effects to just just heighten the atmosphere and the lighting that goes on in the scenes. I just thought it was really well done. 30 minutes into this film, I messaged you and said, I think we should review this. I will admit that this did not end the way that I thought it was going to be at all. I thought this was going to be two people in a room telling stories and that's it. And it is to a degree that, but there's there's so much more going on. They do introduce a third character later on in the film. And I thought, why have you done this? You've built up so much rapport with these two characters. Don't ruin it now. Don't detract from this. And initially, whilst I found it a bit jarring, it ultimately adds to the comedy and it helps break the story of the film up a bit more. I thought the acting was some of the best that I've seen in the comedy in a long time. I don't know whether I was just so in the mood for this sort of thing without realising it, but I really did think that. Some people, I think, will find the performances great in, and I'll reference my partner here because I re-watched this with her thinking, she'll, she'll enjoy this, this is a good time, this is a fun film. And I just said because she was just sat there on her phone. I went, you're not into this, are you? And she was like, no. Do you know why I think you like it? I was like, go on. She said, because you used to do drama in school. And I thought, she's got a point here. I think you have to have a sort of thespian background to appreciate the film because it is pretty off the wall and self-indulgent to a degree. But I did not mind it at all. And more to that point, there's a guy, well, the central guy in this film, He's, he's just being a moron throughout the whole thing, burying his artistic soul. And he does a Gollum-like troll impression, which 
he's so funny, but still actually manages to be creepy at the same time. And I, I just really enjoyed that. Overall, they really brought these characters to life and it's fun, it's inventive. And for me, captures and honors the true tropes of horror and makes you feel in the Halloween spirit. That's how I felt anyway. I just fell in love with this film, to be honest. Maybe a bit stronger on it than you, but I, I had a really good time. Yeah, it's like a tribute to horror in a really nice way. It comes from a place of love for horror and you can really feel that. Yeah. With this point about drama at high school, I get that because you can see watching it how much effort Josh Rubin, the writer, star, director, went into to use that one space as much as possible and do different things with the pace all just through the acting. And it was really good. It wouldn't have worked if those two weren't as good as they are. And they were just brilliant. I thought it was a bit cringy at first. When it first started and they were telling the stories and they were doing the voices, you sort of obviously recognised those as impressions of things. And I got that they were doing voices, obviously, but I thought it was a bit cringy. And that is where I realised you're either into it or not. Because if you start to cringe at these people just acting at each other, both like on a meta level and uh, actual acting, you're either in or you're out. Yeah. And I, I suppose for me, to go back to that point about drama, this just reminded me of me, you, and a few of our friends that used to be within that class doing impromptu, what the fuck is it called? Forum theatre. Yeah. Doing impromptu forum theatre. I felt like I was watching myself 15, 20 years ago. God knows how long it was now. And for that reason alone, I think I had a bit more fun with it than a lot of other people would have. But regardless, I think, like you said, if you've got a love for the horror genre, I think there's something to be gained from watching this. I think I think you will have a good time. James, the answer is probably obvious, or maybe not. Would you recommend this film? Yes, I would recommend Scare Me. Would you recommend Scare Me? I would, and I would also add that the IMDb rating is an absolute travesty. 5.7. This is, at the very least, a 6.2. <laughs> Shall we move on into spoilers? Don't know what that was, sorry. Yes. Bruce Willis. Real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. The reason I bring up the possibility of the stories being recounts of real horror films is that I've previously watched a YouTube video that talks about a film in which the devil possesses a rock star and there's a song called The Devil's Son, You're the Devil's Son, playing during that. And in this film, he describes a rock star taken over by the devil. And I thought, ooh, is this whole thing a big joke where every film is describing an actual real obscure horror film? The film that you're referring to, I think I've seen and... Yeah, that is very closely related. But the other stories that are told throughout the film feel very, very generic and, and didn't bring to my mind anything that I could say. Oh, this is actually such and such film. I thought it was just a, as I say, generic take on horror cliches. Yeah, that's that's more likely, yeah. Okay. Another reason why I greatly appreciated this film and this is this is quite a poignant thing to reflect on. But I like the fact that this was essentially two people in a room using nothing more than conversation and imagination to get them through the evening and have a fun time. And I think now we're also lost 
in our devices i sound about 68 years old right now but we are so consumed with that sort of stuff that we just don't we don't think of ever doing this when have you ever had a mate round and told stories to one another and acted them out in a preposterous dickish way so you make an absolute fool out yourself and had a good time but i bet you would i bet you would have fun if you did this yeah yeah and i suppose i just like that stripped back message of why don't we all have a conversation sometime and then try and murder each other at the end. Not sure what to add to that. Very, very good point. Very good point. Very well made. Before we get to the big reveal, is it really a reveal at the end of the film? What was your reaction to the cocaine scene? Because for me, I was a bit annoyed when they first started going down this route. I thought, why, why are we resorting to this now? You don't need this. It's fine. We don't need drugs to heighten the atmosphere. But... Five minutes later, it obviously served a purpose. There was this frenetic energy to what then went on from that scene. And it did work, but initially I thought, you're going to ruin this film, you're going to ruin it. And I had several points, actually, throughout this film. I thought, no, you've you've messed it up, you've messed it up. But they never really did. I just wondered if you had a reaction to that. Yeah, I had a bad reaction to the cocaine as well in this film. (laughs) And I thought, you don't need to do it. They could achieve that frantic energy some other way. And yeah, it was fine. They did it and then it was forgotten about. And I guess it paid off in another way, besides what you're saying, where that woman at the end says, oh, looks like they've had a party in here. So maybe there was some remnants of it somewhere. Yeah, I didn't think it was necessary. They could have been frantic already. And Chris Red's character, Carlo, he could just have been a more energetic person that made Josh jealous because he had more energy. With the romantic side that I've hinted at, or more or less said, in the non-spoiler section, Fred likes Fanny. (laughs) But is that feeling reciprocated or not? It seems like it maybe is. I don't know what, what... She doesn't like him. I didn't get that vibe at all. Uh, To be honest, I didn't get the sense that he liked her that much. I thought he did because of the whole kissing thing where one of the stories involved a reward of a kiss and it seemed like he actually wanted it to happen, but he was too awkward to actually follow through and initiate contact. I thought there was some tension there and he was obviously jealous when Carlo showed up being all pizza-filled and more charismatic. He was obviously jealous, which made me think he must like Fanny. I thought it came down to him being jealous of her success rather than it being a a male rivalry, trying to ensnare the female. I may well have missed that because I've never been good at reading romantic cues when it comes to women, but that's that's a different story. Yeah, well, maybe it's me just projecting my uh, insecurities onto the screen and onto that story of someone just so much more charismatic coming in later on and making you think, why have I not been getting along with everyone as well as them? Yeah, I can relate to that as well. But let's not dwell on those insecurities. So one thing that I really enjoyed about this film was this somewhat twist that that happens towards the end. So there's repeated scenes throughout of Fred being belittled and emasculated. And I feel like you you grew to have quite a deep sense of empathy with him because I have been in that scenario before. not going to lie about it. I have. 
And it is embarrassing, and I don't like it. So I thought, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. But then they use this to then put you on the back foot as they reveal that Fred is actually, potentially, a sadistic killer with ill intentions who has just been seemingly humouring her throughout the whole thing. Doesn't get his own way. The fact that he's emasculated and belittled throughout the film fuels his desire to then kill her. But... Is he that, or is he just playing along as part of an act? It's never really revealed. What did you make of that whole plot point? I think that, yes, he is a killer, and he's a psycho, because I prefer for that to be the ending, because I think that's more more fun and more interesting. I did think that he was doing something to try and scare her, because the title, Scare Me, comes from this idea of it's like a challenge of who can tell the scariest story and genuinely scare the other person. So he's having this last grandstand play to actually scare her by telling a story about something that's actually happening now. I can see that, but for me, I'd just rather him be a psycho killer because that's more fun to me, and more of a fun twist. What did you think? I'm in agreement with you. I hope that is the end, and that is what I will take the ending to be. He was this horrific person all the time. And as you said, sadistic killers are fun. So it's not exactly. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. There are a few hints here and there with the fact that he is apparently coming to this cabin to find himself creatively, personally. And it's off the back of a failed relationship with someone who texts him and Fanny reads his phone and says, you're a monster. She's texting that he's a monster. That's never really expanded upon or revealed exactly what's happened. So that also led to my theory that, oh no, she's found out something horrible about him, about his true nature. And it, it almost bolstered this idea of, yes, he is inherently an evil, evil bastard. So Fred falls down the stairs. He self impales on something. He asks Fanny to kill him. She refuses and leaves. Fred bleeding out, watches her leave from the window. Cut to the hotel manager arriving the next day. She sees the aftermath of the party. No bodies are seen. She finds Fanny's notebook. Cut to the hotel manager has written a book called Scare Me. What was all that about? <laughs> Did he die? And the hotel manager just no-sold it and left him there and wrote a book about it. That's what I took it to mean, because there was this ongoing conversation throughout the film around stealing other people's ideas and not wanting to give too much away because somebody might just take that as their own and go off and spin a career out of it and that's exactly what this woman did so I thought it was just relating back to an idea that had been teased earlier on in the film yeah that's what I thought as well it was the ultimate stealing of an idea mm. and the notebook by the way Fanny it was revealed is making notes about Fred for the entire story and not, not very favorable notes i think you could say yeah putting it lightly if so if i read that about myself god knows what i'd do probably go on a murderous rampage yeah probably chase them around a cabin i think if anyone brought that about me with a fire poker and i wouldn't be an idiot enough to fall on it myself i'd, I'd make sure i finished them off with it yeah i'd make sure i was wearing the proper footwear to run around on slippery, well-varnished wooden floors. Exactly. And a face mask in this 
era that we're in at the minute, close proximity and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about the four Bloomhouse films in Welcome to the Bloomhouse. We're here on Halloween reviewing a comedy horror. Was this scary for you? Scary? No. Chilling in some capacity? Yes. It must have been. I don't think I would have left this film feeling in a Halloween-type mood had it not had some genuine fear about it. But the comedy far outweighs that fear factor. Yeah, I agree. Chilling is a good way to describe it. When you you get to the very end, of course, yeah, chilling is a good word, I think. Yeah, if it wasn't for the ending, I don't think I'd have been as positive on this film as I had been because it wouldn't have captured the essence of Halloween were it not for the way that it turned out in the end. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So before we bid you farewell, I'm I'm sorry, I have perused the catalogues of Netflix and Amazon for anything that's streaming currently that might be worth a watch of this Halloween. Prime Video, tell you what, not a lot on there. They've got they've got a splash screen for oh Prime Video Fright Fest. Absolute nonsense on there. It is terrible. There's two films that are good at most. And now I'm going to name three of them, so that doesn't make sense. Shaun of the Dead and Insidious 1 and 2 are the only things worth watching on Prime Video. So that's my recommendation there. Um, Netflix, ICU, recommended that a few weeks ago. That's very creepy in tone. Give that a watch. And if you haven't seen The Haunting on Hill House, 100% a recommend for getting you in the Halloween spirit. So give those a go. Is ICU set in hospital? No. <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations, James? I recommend something that I previously discussed on the podcast, and I've now finished watching all two seasons. It's The Kingdom, the Korean historical fiction zombie epic that combines medieval South Korean costumes and architecture and politics with a massive zombie outbreak. What more could you ask for? Very entertaining, scary, gory. It delivers the goods for horror content. Good recommendation. Well, I think we should jump on our broomsticks, James, and venture off into the night like a bunch of cackling witches or something to that effect. I'll see you under your bed. (laughs) I've got a knife under my pillow, fair warning, just so you know. Do you really? (laughs) (laughs) Scary times. Right, see you later, everyone. Bye. Bye.